And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Joining me today on the phone line is our friend, the Reverend Al Baker. And Al, it's an honor to have you on today, and this is just about the end of the year, so welcome. Well, thank you, Dan. It's always good to be with you, and uh, uh, we're looking forward to the new year and thankful for what God has done this past year, but looking forward to 2024. I'm sure you are as well. <laughs> yes. About nine days ago, you put out a, a piece, uh, Forget None of His Benefits, and our listeners would, I think, love to receive this. So um, towards the end of this program, we'll talk about how they can get on your mailing list. But the, the piece is called Forget None of His Benefits, and it comes out regularly. Um, you were talking about the role of the Holy Spirit in the Christian's life, whether that person is a laborer or a pastor or a missionary um, we have a key dependency here, and you're you're actually working through the scriptures as you talk about this, and particularly you were looking at the book of Acts. So can you get us started and tell us what you were talking about here, Al? Yeah, well, thank you, Dan. Yeah, I think that uh, most of us in the Christian life are, uh, you know, if a car has eight cylinders, I think most of us are hitting on two or three cylinders. Yes. And I, I have to include myself in that in many ways and on many occasions. God, Jesus promised us the Holy Spirit. Uh, he said, I'm going to bring you, I'm going to send you another comforter. It's it's to your advantage that I go away. If I do not go away, then the, the Holy Spirit will not come to you. Mm. And so uh, repeatedly in John 14, 16, 14, 15, and 16, he's speak, speaking of that very thing. And so, and then, of course, uh, he tells the disciples after his resurrection to wait in the city until they've been clothed with power from on high. Luke 24. Then in Acts chapter 1, he promises that uh, they will be, uh, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. The book of Joel promises and prophesies the Holy Spirit, and in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit came upon the people at Pentecost, uh, Peter uh, quotes from Joel chapter 2. So this is an amazing uh, promise that God has given us, and it's not just for the preacher or the evangelist. Certainly, mm. we need that, and perhaps we can talk about that in a minute. But this is for the for the everyday believer, you know, for the for the mom who's got three kids at home and who maybe's homeschooling her kids, or the dad who's under a tremendous pressure at work. Uh, whatever whatever our lot in life might be, Jesus has promised us His Spirit. And his spirit is the one who empowers us. Uh, he he does several things. First of all, he does, he convicts us of our sin and brings us to brings us to faith. But he regenerates us, and then he comforts us, and then he sanctifies us. So this is an amazing gift that that Jesus has given us, and so often we forget about it. Yes, Amen. The Holy Spirit. Um... He's he's part of the Trinity. I don't even know how to talk about it sometimes because it's so out of this world, and we believe it completely. Uh, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in Trinity, um, and it, it's beyond us so much because um, we're we're just a, a unity. We're just a single person. It's it's hard for humankind, it seems, to even comprehend this. But the Holy Spirit was sent as a wonderful gift 
to his church. And um, so, some folks maybe are afraid of that, uh, lest they become what they perceive to be, whatever that is, overly charismatic or whatever. Um, we should never be afraid of God indwelling his people. Can you talk to that a little bit? Yeah, I think that uh, it's very important that we realize that now when we're born again, we receive the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, in fact, in Romans 8, uh, Paul's making clear that if you do not have the Spirit of God, then you're not a Christian. That's right. So, but at the same time, the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 4, Ephesians 5, 1 Thessalonians 5, talks about the need to be filled with the Spirit, to not grieve the Holy Spirit, to not quench the Holy Spirit. And Peter, uh, in his uh, sermon on Pentecost, says, uh, you stiff-necked people always resisting the Holy Spirit. So we're not, we're not to resist Him, we're not to quench Him, we're not to grieve Him, we're to be filled with Him, which means that even though we have the Spirit when we're born again, uh, our sin makes a separation between us and our God so that He does not hear us. Uh, mm. Psalm 68, Isaiah 59 speaks to that very thing, which means that uh, while we still have the Spirit, we can lose his, the sense of His presence and the efficacy, the power of, of his uh, indwelling in us. And when that happens, then we're sort of out there like a, like a ship without an anchor, or yeah. we're swimming in the ocean and we don't have a life jacket, and what happens if we cramp up? You know, so it's, mm. it's that kind of thing. And um, it, it, I've, I've often said it's, it's like a tree that's budding, but the fruit doesn't, but the fruit doesn't come from the bud. Um, <laughs> It, we're, you know, we're missing out on so much, and I do know that people sometimes are afraid of uh, the charismatic movement, and I, I'm not one to embrace the charismatic movement myself. Uh, I respect those who maybe hold that position, but uh, but I think that people who are not in that uh, in genre, if you will, of theology are are afraid of what the Holy Spirit can do. And, yes. Um, and we need not be. He will lead us. Now, he might lead us into things that at that particular time are uncomfortable to us, <laughs> like, you know, ministering to certain people we're not comfortable ministering to, but it's all for his glory. And it's it's an amazing sense of his presence and power when God does that. When we avail ourselves of him, we just have to make ourselves available to him. Yeah. You had ended your previous um forget none of his benefits episode by saying, Preacher, wouldn't you love to see God use you in similar fashion? Church member, wouldn't you love to see God descend upon your church's worship service with such solemnity and awe? Evangelist and street preacher, which you which you have done plenty of, wouldn't you love to see God the Holy Spirit anoint your preaching with such soul-convicting and converting power. Uh, the other day, I was talking with um, a retired Presbyterian minister, and he mentioned that part of the preaching, uh, the, uh, the mysteriousness of preaching, is, is charismatic in nature. And, and, and what he was getting at, I think, was exactly this, what you're talking about here in your challenge to your fellow laborers. Um, now, you've been out on streets preaching i i'd be scared to death of that what is it like well it is a bit daunting the first time you you do it i remember a couple of years ago we uh we, we were training preachers we had 10 pastors and we had 10 street preachers and 
when we told them we were going down the streets to preach, the <laughs> pastors got a got a deer in the headlight look. And, but they did fine because they preach all the time, so they were fine with it. And then uh, we told the uh, street preacher, now we don't have anywhere to go today, so you guys were going to go into the chapel, and you guys are going to preach behind the pulpit. <laughs> they were scared to death. <laughs> it just shows you that there's a difference, you know, that you're not, you know, we're not yeah. comfortable with. We have to get out of our comfort zone, you know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but I think that um, what we, here's what we're missing today in, in evangelicalism, it seems to me. Uh, in my genre, which is more reformed, uh, we, we have the uh, we have the impression that that theology is really all we need. If we if we will just right. expound good theology and be exegetically sound, all will be fine. And the, that is absolutely not true. Now we should be theologically uh, accurate. Oh, sure. We should exegete the scriptures very carefully if we're pastors, but that's not enough. And uh, there's got to be the anointing of the Holy Spirit on the preachers, and I rarely see that. And sometimes people say, well, what does it look like? And it's hard to explain <laughs> it, but you know it when you see it. Amen. Yeah, and, that's uh, true. And, and it's not necessarily, you know, a dynamic uh, communicator. I've known d- dynamic communicators who really didn't have the anointing, and I've known other men who are very gentle, very quiet. And the anointing was on them. Yes, it's a, it's a, it's really a mystery. And Lloyd Jones used to say that uh, sometimes he had it and sometimes he didn't, <laughs> and uh, which is hard for me to believe because he was such a great preacher. But he would say sometimes he uh, he would finish preaching. He thought that was really great, and then he then he realized it didn't make any kind of impact at all. And then another time he'd say. That was a horrible sermon. Then he realized people got converted during the sermon. So, yes. <laughs> and it's the mystery. He called it the romance of preaching. Uh, That's interesting. You just never know what God's going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, many of our listeners will um, go out to their job. It's it's nothing to do with preaching, evangelism, mm-hmm. missionary work, p- perhaps on the job, certainly. But um, mm-hmm. how do we speak to that person? today that that that's that's involved in just the simple grind maybe maybe he's got a um a, a ups route maybe he's working in a warehouse so how do, how do we speak to them and i think this does by the way but i want you to articulate it yeah i like to use a little four letter acrostic that helps me remember it p y o b and p means pray. Ask for the Holy Spirit. Every morning, we should get up and say, Good morning, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. And then say, Holy Spirit, you, you promise that if I seek you, you will, you, will let, you will fill me. And I'm asking you today for the Holy Spirit. Hmm. And then the Y stands for yielding. Think, think of Romans 12, I, I, where to present our bodies a living and holy sacrifice. And every morning we should we should get up and say, God, I yield myself to you today. I surrender to you. Hmm. Whatever you have for me today, I will do it. I want to obey you. I know I'm frail and I'm weak, but I want to obey you. So we, we pray, and then we, we yield, and then we obey. And in Acts chapter 5, uh, Peter is having trouble with the Sanhedrin again. They tell him to quit preaching, and they... Uh, and he's, he says, uh, uh, we have to obey God rather than man. And they're not happy with that, of course. And he says, 
But he says, and we are witnesses to these things, and uh, we receive the gift of the, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit if you obey God. Mm. And the immediate context, of course, is Peter saying, we have the Holy Spirit upon us because we're obeying the commandment to preach the gospel. But then you can exp- you can expand that and say, if we will obey God and just say, God, I want to obey you today. I want to avoid sin. Now, none of us avoid it completely, and we 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 sin in times we don't even know we're sinning. Yeah. Um, but if 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 the if the desire of our heart is to say, God, I want to obey you today, and when those temptations come, we say, No, I'm going to resist that by the Spirit. I want to obey you. He promises to fill us when we obey him. Mm. And then fourthly, uh, the B is believe. Simply believe what he says. You know, um, I love how Jesus says uh, uh, we're to be like children, um, not childish, but childlike. And we're to, we're to just believe. And, you know, we, we remember our kids when they were younger, they just believed God. And they just, they, there was, you know, sometimes I've said before, they were audacious in their prayers. <laughs> a little embarrassing sometimes what they'd ask for, but, you know, God would, God would hear their prayers. Amen. So I think that's what we need to do. And, um, and I believe that, I believe that every day we should also ask for the fruit of the Spirit to be increased. You know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness self-control. And Paul says, against these things, there is no law. So we should pray and ask God to do that. And and we're going to fail. And so we have to push the reset button, you know, uh, reboot the computer, so to speak. <laughs> but when we do, God comes back to us because he's a God of loving kindness. And he's, he says repeatedly the scriptures, I will be your God and you will be my people. And that's not going to change. When you're in Jesus Christ, that's the truth. And it's a glorious truth. Amen. How about that person that really has stumbled? And mm-hmm. they say, well, God just doesn't love me anymore. <laughs> a word yeah. for that person today. Yeah, you know, uh, my wife and I have been talking a lot in the, our morning times together about uh, David, King David, in his sin with Bathsheba and Uriah right. the Hittite, and just how horrible that was. And we were reading one of our favorite commentators, uh, Dale Ralph Davis, uh, who just does a, has a tremendous commentary. Uh, reads like a novel. He's a great writer uh, on Second Samuel, and he points out that uh, that as the, as the narrative goes on, God doesn't intervene. God is silent, mm. and and so and yet at the end it says that what he what David did was was evil in the sight of God, mm. and the point that Ralph. Uh, Davis is making is that uh, even though God was silent, that doesn't mean he wasn't present. He was present. Right. And so, but but there's grace there. And then you see, you know, you read in Psalm 32 and Psalm 51, the amazing confession of David. And David, his sin was horrible, horrible, and yet God forgave him. Mm. And so I want to say to your listeners, if it doesn't matter what you've done. If you will repent, if you will acknowledge your sin and ask God to, to show you the depth and hideous nature of your sin, 
and confess it and claim the blood of Jesus to wash away your sin. Maybe you're doing this for the first time as an unbeliever. Maybe you just kind of stumbled on this program and you, you've never really thought about these things. God is, is ready, quick, and able to save. Yeah. And for those of us who are in Christ but have stumbled and fallen away, maybe you've been away from God for a long time, this is a time to come back. And God has engineered this, this, time, this situation for a time such as this for you. And repent and come back, and he will, he will restore you. And again, for those of us who sin daily, and we, we struggle, you know, with, with sin, he is rich and ready to forgive and cleanse as well. So it's always, it always comes back to, to Jesus. And our problem, um, Dan, always is that uh, we should go to God. We should go to Jesus first. And when we fail to do that, that's when we're in trouble. Amen. Amen. And that uh, especially applies when we get going for the day, doesn't it? I, I find for myself yeah. uh, there, there's always some legitimate temptation that comes up where uh, it, it distracts me from reading God's Word and praying. Um, I don't know if that's just, just me or, or is that uh, typical, but it, it's, uh, it's, it's difficult to, to keep that focus sometimes. Yeah, and I think that's why uh, uh, Paul told uh, Timothy, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Bodily discipline of some, is of some benefit, but godly discipline mm. is, is uh, beneficial for all things. Um, and so, you know, again, the Greek word for discipline is gymnazo, where we get the word gymnasium. So you mm-hmm. go and you work out in a gym, you know, you got to sweat, so to speak. And yeah, so, you know, bodily discipline is good to a little bit, but, but the spiritual discipline, godly discipline, uh, where you just say, I'm going to read the Word today, it doesn't matter. So, you know, sometimes you feel like reading it and you get something out of it, sometimes you don't. Mm-hmm. But you in the Word, in the Word, and ask God to speak to you in the Word. And, uh, you know, even to say, all right, I want to get one thing out of, this, out of the Word this, today, Father, just one thing, show me what it is, and then you, then you maybe write it down or you remember it. And while you're driving to work, you say, oh, yeah, that's what I read today. Oh, that was really good. And you pray and ask God to build that into your life. Yeah. So in the Word every day, whether we, whether we feel like it or not. And again, you know, we fail. Sometimes we miss. Sometimes we have to miss, especially moms with young children. It's not that easy, you know, to find time alone. So, and God understands that. Yes. So um, when we fail, we repent and we, and we, we start over the next day. <laughs> well, you've been a about this for a long time now. I was reading a little bit of your bio, and I've read it before, of course, but you're with the Vanguard Presbytery, and you've been uh, in the ministry for, what is it, over 38 years or something like that. Yeah, over 40 now. No, yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. wondering if that yeah. had been updated. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, you were in the Northeast for a while at West Hartford. God used you to plant a church there, and uh, you also worked in Simons Island, Georgia, Um, but you've also been on foreign missions, uh, and so you've got a heart for the Lord. The Lord has given you that heart, and today we are talking with Pastor Al Baker, and the subject is the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit really wants to do in our own lives. Um, Al, we've got maybe... I don't know, five minutes left. What do we need to cover before we're we're done here today talking with you? Well, I think that uh, we should uh, 
I, I put it this way a lot of times to people. I said, I think you can, I think you could boil down uh, the commands of God to three things. If, if I if I could be so bold as to bol- uh, boil them down to three things, here they are: love God with all your heart, love people, and make disciples. Mm. At the end of the day, that's what we all should be doing: love God with every ounce of our being, and then love our neighbor. And the way that we do that is we just we pay attention to our neighbor. We slow down. Uh, we we uh, we put our we put our cell phones away when we're eating dinner with our family at night. <laughs> we uh, yeah you know we put them in a bag and don't have them on the table or whatever. Yes. And uh, and and pay attention to people that are around us. And when we greet somebody in the checkout line, you know that's that's uh, getting us out of the store, we say how are you doing today? Mm. And look them in the eye mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, give a kind word when you can, you know, uh, give, give them a gospel tract and say, God bless you or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then to make disciples. And, and I realize that, you know, obviously not everybody's a give, uh, is an evangelist or a pastor or, or missionary, but we all in some way or another are to make disciples of all the nations and uh, so, therefore, we should be praying for missionaries. We should be praying for the persecuted church. Uh, we should give our money to these types of things. And then uh, and just ask God to give us an opportunity to, to give our story or how we came to know Christ to, to people and just see where that might go. And maybe at a, yeah. on another occasion we could talk more about specifically how we can do that, you know, how we can engage people in uh gospel conversations and maybe get them into reading the Bible. And um, yeah. we don't have time for that today, but that's something maybe we could work on in the future. But I, again, I would summarize that love God, love people, and make disciples. And yet we cannot do that in our own strength. In our flesh there dwells no good thing, Paul yes. says in Romans 7. And he says, wretched man that, who, uh, that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Our hope is only in Jesus. It's nowhere else. So that's why we need the Holy Spirit to empower us, because uh, in our flesh we're going to drift away. We're not going to be productive. Uh, we're not going to have the fruit of the Spirit. But when we're in the, but when we're uh, uh, seeking the Holy Spirit, then we'll see great fruit in our lives, and that's what we need to be pursuing. Mm, yes. Now, um, I should mention also that you write this uh, regularly for Get None of His Benefits. How would someone get on your mailing list, Pastor Al Baker? Well, they could they could Google for Get None of His Benefits, and uh, one of the uh, articles will pop up, and then it'll have a place on there where they could sign up for it. Um, if they also... Um, want to sign up they could email me uh and i will make sure they get on there it's uh a l dot b a k e r that's al dot baker one nine five two at gmail dot com so any of those ways and i would love to hear from people what's amazing is you know i'll get uh i'll get letters or emails from people all over the world that uh are what and i say i don't know who these people are i don't know how they <laughs> They got on there, but that's sort of the beauty of the internet, you know. I mean, there's a lot of bad things about the internet, but there's also a lot of good things about yeah. it. So, um, yeah. anyway, that's uh, 
I think that's a good way to get Either way is, is a good way to get Okay, so they could Google forget none of his benefits, maybe include Al Baker after that, and then yeah. your yeah. email is al.baker1952 at gmail.com. That's pretty straightforward. There we go. That'll work. <laughs> yeah. You also mentioned in, um, I think, your bio that you sometimes help lead Revival Prayer Weekends, and you preach at Bible conferences on revival and evangelistic themes. Um, if uh, one of the churches out there are interested in having you come, and uh, this is an interesting, to me, it's a very interesting combination. You're both Reformed as well as dependent on the Holy Spirit and evangelistic. I think it's a wonderful combination. How would somebody, again, would, would they use your email address to uh, request maybe a revival prayer weekend? Yeah, that'd be great. I'd love to do that. I've done a lot of those in the past, and uh, I always enjoy them. And um, uh, it's it's so what I would probably do is meet with people, uh, meet with the leaders on a Friday night, for example. Then we would get together on Saturday for eight hours. Mm. If, if you know, I realize some people can't stay eight hours, but people say, eight hours? What are we going to do for eight hours? I said, well, <laughs> we're going to pray, but we're also going to hear me give some messages. And yes. It's amazing. We go eight to four or nine to five, and the time flies by. It, it's amazing. Oh, wow. and, and I just teach people how to pray revival prayer. And then a lot of times, uh, if, if, if I can, if they want, I'll stay over on Sunday and preach Sunday morning and even do a Sunday school class, whatever, to kind of drive home more practically some of the stuff we've been talking about. And, uh, and I believe that we, we've got to have prayer. And I know we all know that, but sticking with it and, and getting churches to commit to prayer is very, very difficult. Uh, I always like to say jokingly that churches love to get together to eat, uh, eat uh, covered dish dinners, but not so much on evangelism and prayer. <laughs> and oh, I get yeah. it. I, I totally get it. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. So, anyway, I, I would love to do more of those. So your folks can uh, reach good. out to me, email me, and I'll, we can definitely move forward on that. That email address again is al dot baker b a k e r nineteen fifty two at gmail dot com. Pastor Al, my dear friend, thank you for joining us today. It's been great, Dan, and uh, wish you the best and look forward to another conversation in the future. Amen. For Redeemer Broadcasting, I'm Dan Elmendorf. Dear listener, please join us next week for another edition of A Plain Answer and Happy New Year.